the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Second hour, Pure Opelka. The questioning has just started. It, it's uh, the president and President Macron are in Paris and uh, at the Elysee Palace. And they're the first question out of the blocks for President Trump. They're only asking four asked about the meeting with uh, Don Jr. and the Russian lawyer. And he kind of sloughed it off, saying that that it was a meeting with a lawyer, not a Russian state lawyer. But uh, the emails seem to contradict that statement. I'm just saying, Mr. President, to help us understand this, and maybe we'll listen in if we can together. Emily Zanotti from Heat Street, our, our good friend, is back. Hello, Ms. Zanotti. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. But I'm, you know, are you watching? Were you watching this uh, press thing that's happening now that's going on? I am not, actually. I kind of chose to uh, watch Twitter instead, which is actually pretty entertaining. Well, Twitter can be very entertaining. And as if we watch you on Twitter, which I encourage everybody to do, uh, just minutes ago, probably as this press conference was starting, Emily Zanotti tweeted, I found a great vacation for, uh, I guess you have a friend named at Lady Brains Cast. I don't know who that That's is. actually our podcast, yeah. And it is, um, it's an all, you can dr- all the wine you can drink event in Vegas? Yes, it is. So it's actually a downtown container park, which is part of the downtown Vegas area has an all-you-can-drink wine item. And so I I have a podcast that I do with a bunch of other political, female political writers where we talk about non-political things. And I thought that that sounded like the perfect vacation. Well, it, it frankly, it sounds like a great vacation. I may be in Las Vegas a week from today for Freedom Fest. And if you need someone to scout it, I can, <laughs> I, I can maybe go by. Just saying. Um, can, can we pull up the press conference? Because I think the French president and the American president are answering some tough questions. Will you listen in for a couple minutes with me, Emily? Absolutely. Okay, Shamont, if you can give us the, uh, the press conference audio and let's see if we can hear this. President Trump is addressing some of the concerns about... And uh, that was a Don result Jr. of having communication with a country. So... During that five-year, five-day period, a lot of lives have been saved. A lot of people were not killed. No shots have been fired in a we're very, very dangerous part of the world. And this is one of the most dangerous parts of Syria itself. So Syria. by having some communication and dialogue, we were able to have a ceasefire. And it's going to go on for a while. And frankly, we're working on a second ceasefire in a very uh, rough part of Syria. And if we get that and a few more, all of a sudden, you're going to have... No bullets being fired in Syria. And that would be a wonderful thing. Mr. President, you have questions? I agree that would be a wonderful thing. Okay, let's take him down. I want to get to some serious stuff with Emily Zanotti. Emily, while you were busy watching Twitter earlier in the show, we spoke with celebrity chef Carl Ruiz. And uh, we, we were concerned about the restaurant where the... Two first families are dining today. Now, you're, you're a person who's recently been in Europe. You made 
a very interesting mm-hmm. trip, a uh, very emotional trip to the fields of Normandy and uh, the beaches of Normandy. And, and did you go to the Eiffel Tower while you were in Paris? I did. I went all the way to the top of the Eiffel Tower, and I had a really expensive glass of champagne at the top of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> okay. And did you, did you by any chance eat at Jules Verne, the uh, Alain Ducasse, a, a Michelin star restaurant at the Eiffel Tower? I have not eaten at Jules Verne. I have, however, eaten at another Alain Ducasse restaurant. So I'm fairly familiar with uh, the man's cuisine. Okay. Well, uh, Carl Ruiz, the mad Cuban, the guy you may have seen on the Food Network, uh, was Mm -hmm. telling us this morning, just an hour ago, that uh, this restaurant, Alain Ducasse's restaurant, is akin to a Red Lobster in Times Square in terms of cuisine, that it has become a bit of a joke in France, and he does not understand why this would be the place they would go. And they're supposedly going to have uh, the blue lobster and caviar, which mm-hmm. the lobster all turns orange when you boil it, so it doesn't matter what color it is when it goes in. <laughs> and it doesn't taste any different. But I'm just wondering why the president of either country would choose this unless it was just for the photo op to get the picture with the Eiffel Tower in the background. I think it's probably for the photo op. I, you know, that's a beautiful restaurant. It's a beautiful location. The decor is gorgeous, but it's most often filled with tourists. Um, Alain Ducasse has about 15 other restaurants, I believe, and at least 10 of those are in France, in Paris proper, and there are much better places to eat. But this is sort of like... We're going to go to the most touristy place possible. Also, sort of like having dinner overlooking the New York skyline or coming up to Chicago and going to the John Hancock building, which also has a restaurant at the top, which is kind of mediocre. But the view is really spectacular. Well, there used to be a restaurant um, in Chicago, the Continental Plaza, which the consort room in the Continental Plaza right there off Michigan Avenue. And it was Mm -hmm. way and they had strolling Stradivarius violins. And I only (laughs) ate there once, thanks to former mayor Jane Byrne. It's a long story that I'll bore you with when we're we're drinking somewhere together. But so I, I understand wanting to go to the place where you get the best view. But I also think it's France, for God's sake. Show off the cuisine. Let's get let's find the even if it's the. The, the there used to be a place in Chicago called Cafe Bernard. Are you familiar with it? I am. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was the place where the French chefs ate. So I would tell President Trump, we would like to take you and your wife to the place where the chefs eat and and eat the best food possible. But maybe he wanted to be at the Eiffel Tower and get a picture of he and Melania in the in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower with the lights behind them. Who knows? I. I speculate, but that's, I would choose differently, but I, what do I know? It also we, might I be want to talk about it's easier to get a bunch of security people in. <laughs> we, you know, that's a, that's a very good point because now that France has these worries of terrorism, they have mm-hmm. built a security perimeter around the base of the Eiffel Tower that has bulletproof glass. So yeah. um, it might be a... Uh, it might be just that it's the most convenient or the safest and smartest thing to do. So you you may have nailed it right there. I still don't understand why we're going to the, the Red Lobster of Paris. 
as it were. I could definitely recommend a better restaurant if he was interested in actually, you know, finding something a little bit better in the streets of Paris. But I, I don't know. He, don't, he also takes his steak well done. So I don't exactly know how receptive he'd be to some of the more creative French cuisine. Yeah, I don't think escargot is making it on the president's plate today. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just guessing. Uh, I want to talk about some of the the crazy stories you've been writing about because one of them caught my eye. Um, I have been talking about the gender reveal parties of late because um, when did this become a thing? Did, I really want to know who I want to place blame on somebody for this. Who's responsible for the gender reveal parties because I want it to stop and I want it to stop now. And apparently I have something in common with some feminists as well. Yeah. So I think Pinterest is largely responsible for gender reveal parties. And I, it's one of those things that just came out of nowhere that millennials sort of invented in the last couple of years, because it's a great way of getting gifts for your new baby. Uh, in addition <laughs> to the shower, I think, because it's like you have now starting with these, uh, parties for weddings. Now we have like engagements and couples parties and sh- wedding showers and couples showers and bachelorette party. You have like five or six things. Whereas with babies, you only have one. So they've got to have this weird gender reveal party where they do, they cut into a cake and it's pink or blue. But feminists are now angry because these gender reveal parties sort of reinforce the idea that gender is binary. Either it's male or female, and you're going to lock that child into that gender from birth. So (laughs) So if you are, yeah, so if you're actually a feminist or a gender activist, you can't possibly believe that gender is binary or that kids can be told exactly what their biological gender is or will be. Oh, my God. It's the end of the world. It's the end of sanity as we know it. I so. So uh, I, I abhor the gender reveal party because it's just another shallow ceremony. And as you have so, so brilliantly pulled back the curtain and said, it's just another way to get presents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the feminists it, it, have a different reason for hating it. So maybe we can unite in our hate. Does this mean I have something com- in common with feminists or what did you call them? Gender activists? Gender activists? Gender-based activists, I guess. <laughs> God, I didn't know that. There are so many new titles that I have to keep up with. Um, I, I went to an event in Philly uh, about a year ago, and the first question everybody was asked was, hi, what's your preferred gender pronoun? Right. And uh, I'm sorry I don't start conversations that way. Uh, but I, I happen to be a guy who openly and and regularly admits I only believe there are two genders and then there's the one that's screwed up. But I believe there's male and female and then the one that Archie Bunker described as a little bit of both and not enough of neither. And that they call <laughs> yeah. it's actually it was on television. So it must be true. Right. And so <laughs> so these people, these these feminists are saying the gender reveal party could hurt your child? Yeah, so whereas they normally don't really recognize unborn babies as human beings for the purpose of, say, you know, keeping them alive, in this case, they're actually saying that if you hold one of these gender reveal parties, the 
the, the unborn child will somehow subsume this gender binary celebration that you've created, and it's going to screw them up from the moment they enter this world. So if they enter with one particular genitalia or the other, uh, they should be allowed to, I don't know, several years down the road, select which gender they prefer. And until they identify as that gender, they should be referred to as they or them or whatever preferred pronoun your newborn really likes. So it's, it's this weird sort of screwed up idea of exactly what you're doing to your poor child. I wonder, and, and I agree when you say this screwed up idea of what you're doing to your poor child. I wonder where the companies that have been reaping billions in sales and profits on uh, gender-based baby products, I wonder where they stand on all of this. Do they look at it as, uh, is, is there a chance that they could create a new non-gender-specific product base? that would yield new untold profits? Uh, Common sense would say no, but I'm sure somebody in a conference room somewhere is pitching that idea to Procter & Gamble or Gerber or whomever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have have you heard any of this? I mean, everyone's this gender-neutral items or gender-neutral nurseries just in case your child is inundated with pink or blue and is forced to consider... Forced to consider their own humanity, it, it, it's a really strange thing. In fact, the feminist who wrote the article actually called people who select a gender for their child Nazis, which I mean is getting a little crazy. I would say little. that that that's more than a little crazy. Uh, so <laughs> now here's the other question I wonder, and I, I'm not going to keep you. I know you got, I know you got internet to monitor. Um, the um, if you you cut the cake open. And inside the cake is pink cake, I guess. That, so indicating that there's right. a there's a female baby. God forbid anyone identify that a female baby expected <laughs> of the parents. Um, and and the mom eats a slice of the cake, right? So she's eating the right. pink frosting. If the child is gender conflicted or gender confused, will the pink cake add to that confusion, or could it actually? be a microaggression in the to- in the form of food or food coloring to the infant. I mean, it also depends. Is the cake vegan or non-vegan? Because then you're also making those kind of choices for your child. So, of course, if your baby identifies as vegan and you are not vegan and you ingest a cake with eggs in it, is that actually a microaggression against God, your fetus? I, I don't I know. Even, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so glad that I am beyond... Well, I'm not beyond the possibility, but I'm beyond the reality of fathering a child. It's it's not going to happen for me. But I, I'm I do have a godson or, or two that I'm very proud of. I, the, <laughs> the weirdest gender reveal party I've seen. I don't know if you've seen this. Are the guys who are out on a basketball court, and the father shoots a ball, and when it hits the the net. It explodes and becomes whatever color of the gender. Have you seen that one? I have not, although I did have a friend who she and her husband went skeet shooting for their gender reveal party, and they shot one of the clay pigeons, and it exploded into a blue cloud of dust, so they knew they were having a boy. So that that's the weirdest one I've been to. Please, please post that. And I after, after I hang up here in the commercials, I'm going to post... The uh, the basketball court gender reveal 
we we need a story on the weirdest gender reveal parties just to mock it probably just to endlessly mock it emily zanotti you are a pleasure and a joy and uh i hope you'll come back again soon my friend absolutely thank you and there goes emily zanotti from heat street heat st but follow her on the twitter em zanotti at em zanotti one of my one of my favorite people in this whole wonderful and strange conservative media sphere we'll be right back you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network Listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Keeping an eye on uh, everything after the press conference. Uh, the the big news out of the press conference. Uh, we'll get to it in a minute. I need to remind you: if you are looking for a good deal, a smart deal, a deal that takes into account your health and your health consciousness, if you're looking for life insurance, you need to check out. Our new sponsor, HealthIQ.com. And if you, if you go to HealthIQ.com slash The Blaze, you can take the quiz and get a free quote. And I did because I'm looking for insurance. And I went through the process. Uh, this is a really clever and logical idea. In other words, you buy life insurance based not, not only on your, your gender and your age, but also on your, your health consciousness and things like, what's your mile time? Do you know that if you happen to be a runner or if you're out being active, that can get you cheaper life insurance? Are, are you someone who is health conscious and le- lives a, a health conscious lifestyle? The, the big insurance companies have been lobbied by HealthIQ.com forever and they finally come around. And I went through the process. I, I took the quiz. I got the quote. I had the interview. And now I'm just going to finish up with the, the mini physical. And I will tell you, it's a major life insurance company. It's one of the big ones. And the deal is great. So make a smart choice and do it based on, on your life and your health consciousness. All you have to do is go to healthiq.com slash the blaze or healthiq.com slash blaze. Both of them will work, and you can, you can get that answer. Try that today. When we get back, um, we've got a little bit more on the aftermath of the Donald Trump press conference in France. Plus, we'll uh, try and get word out of whatever the new Senate health bill is. There may be some updates on that. Some details are starting to come out. Maybe, just maybe, they can pull off a miracle. I was dubious earlier today, but based on some of the things I'm hearing, plus Billy Hallowell at the top of the next hour, and um, some of the strangest stories of the week. We might as well get to them on Thursday, right? Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. A busy day here on this Thursday. And it will be a little bit of a throwback at 2 o'clock when we get Billy Hallowell on, our former colleague Billy Hallowell, now over at, at Faithwire. I, I want to try and have a regular faith lift on this show to interject more faith-based stories. I just think it's a good idea. Uh, before we went away, we were talking as we tried to watch along f- with the the press conference between President Trump and President Macron. And, and here's the moment that I think is the takeaway from the press conference, because there was a lot of yada, 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 France is great, yada, 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 we've been friends forever, yada, yada, yada. And then the questions to the, uh, the reporters, only four questions allowed, and somehow seven or eight get in. But the question came up about Donald Trump Jr. and the meeting with the woman from Russia. The, the woman who in the emails was described as having a connection to the Russian government. This was not a random lawyer happened to be bouncing around Russia. Uh, as far as my son is concerned, my son is a wonderful young man. He took a meeting with a Russian lawyer, not a government lawyer, but a Russian lawyer. Uh, It was a short meeting. Uh, It was a meeting that um, went very, very quickly, very fast. Two other people in the room, they, I guess one of them left almost immediately, and the other one was uh, not really focused on the meeting. I do think this, I think from a practical standpoint, uh, most people would have taken that meeting. It's called opposition research or even research into your opponent. I've had many people, I have only been in politics for two years, but I've had many people call up, oh, gee, we have information on this factor or this person or, frankly, Hillary. Uh, That's very standard in politics. Politics is not the nicest business in the world, but it's very standard where they have information and you take the information. In the case of Don, uh, he listened. Uh, I guess they talked about, as I see it, they talked about adoption and some things. Uh, Adoption wasn't even a part of the campaign, but nothing happened from the meeting. Zero happened from the meeting. And honestly, I think the press made a very big deal over something that really a lot of people would do. Now, some of you Trumpsters are not going to be happy with me. I don't think the president's being totally honest with himself. And therefore, I don't think he's being totally honest with us. Now, in terms of that meeting, I believe the president is missing the point here. Yes, if somebody called, if an American called and said, hey, I've got some opposition research on Hillary, uh, I think that's, that's okay. But when it is a person with connections to the Russian government, and that is common knowledge, at least Paul Manafort should have said, let's not take this meeting Let's schedule this as a sting with the FBI, something like that. It doesn't make sense. And all of you Trumpsters and anybody who will say, yeah, but the other side. Look, we we have evidence from the past during the the Bush versus Gore presidential campaign. When Al Gore's campaign got a copy of George Bush's playbook that showed what they were going to do. In the um, in the debates, they actually had the whole layout and a video showing what the Bush campaign was going to do in the debates. 
the Gore campaign stood up and said, this ain't right, and gave it to the FBI. Now, who knows if they copied the playbook or watched the video? Who knows? But at least they had the brains to stand up and say, um, this isn't fair. We're not doing this. They took the high road. So I, I have a problem with this one. And I, I do think that it's going to be around for a long time because we're parsing the truth. We're not being honest with ourselves, Mr. President. And that ultimately creeps into your credibility and, and gnaws away at it. So I'm not happy about this, and I don't think it's smart for the president to treat the people this way. I think we all get it. I think we all understand it. And it also works contrary to some of the things that the president is, is accomplishing. It works to undermine the things that the good things he's getting done. For example, in the, in the last week, the ceasefire, the accord that, that we worked out with Russia in Syria, the one that seems to be holding, we're in the fifth day of it right now. But when you go around and you don't tell the honest truth about something like this, and it's something that everybody who's actually taken the time and read the emails can see, then you're going you're gonna to kill your own credibility, sir. It, it's, it's counterproductive. And this, again, goes to my problem with the GOP these days. My problem with the fact that, that the GOP has all the, all the controls. They've got all the levers of power in D.C., Granted, it's a narrow majority, but instead of doing what they wanted to get done, I, I think the people would respect the honesty. I think, I think the rest of us would say, okay, I get it. Don Jr. was a neophyte. He should have come forward and said, this is the problem. This is, this is the deal here. Uh, Don Jr. screwed up. Manafort should have known, but instead... The story has changed three times since Sunday. And what we're going to find out, because now we have a request from the committees that are investigating this for Don Jr. to testify as soon as next week. That uh, now, now he's going to be asked to testify. And if he doesn't show up and if he doesn't agree to testify, then they're going to put out subpoenas. And if... If you don't agree to show up and they have to subpoena you, what do you think the population thinks? First of all, that great group of Hillary voters is doing the C. We told you so. And now you're eroding your base, sir. It does need to be similar to the way we discussed it earlier and to get everybody in a room and and tell tell them the real truth. To get, to get the Trey Gowdy message out there, to get the, the answer, um, as, um, as Glenn Beck said, to, uh, to get everybody in there and say, any contact with Russians, here's what it is, and have the president speak to the American people. But, but I don't think we're going to see that. And I wish we would, but I don't think we are. Just um, a, a really sad reality, at least for me. There's an opportunity here. And it's so frustrating as a conservative to think that there was conservative control handed to the Republicans in January. Well, actually, back in November. But when they got there in January, nobody was ready. Nobody had anything prepared. 
Nobody was set to go. And I'm not going to blame the media. I'm not going to blame the Democrats. The people responsible for the inaction are the people who have the keys. And right now, the GOP has the keys. And they keep screwing it up. They keep breaking the key in the lock. So um, I would like to think this new bill is hopeful. I would like to think this new bill, the new health care bill, has a snowball's chance in hell. Because if we don't get it done, guess what? Nothing else will get done this year. Especially if we're chasing the Russian controversy again and again and again and again. It's, it's truly disheartening. And I know, I know people have talked about saying, don't know, you can't, you can't lose faith, you can't give up. Well, you can get pretty damn tired of it. And I, for one, am pretty damn tired of it. All right, I got, I got to get to some of the silly stuff to pull myself out of this. So um, I'm going to step aside when we get back. Uh, you jump online if you wish. If you wish to uh, opine on, on Twitter at StuntBrain, we do have a vital question of the day, two of them, as a matter of fact, both about re- reliability and trustworthiness in television news and in newspapers. And I know a lot of people are going, what's a newspaper? You know what I'm talking about. Weigh in. Tell me how you feel. And then we'll also get to some of the stupid stuff. We'll do that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I mention Relief Factor virtually every hour on this show because uh, they are a sponsor and because it works. But don't take my word for it. Go to relieffactor.com. Check it out. Get the three-week quick start pack yourself and get on the way to getting the inflammation in your joints reduced and the pain gone like I'm experiencing. It doesn't work for everybody, but it works for thousands of people, including a guy named Stephen, who came by the blaze to tell us how it worked for him. Uh, carrying a lot of heavy loads, uh, a lot of strain on my back, and ended up with two fractured vertebrae. As a result of that, I was on a lot of high-powered painkillers. And I've come to know over the years that have listened to Glenn that if it's a product that he endorses and he has on his network, then there's a really good chance that it's, that it's something you can trust. And so I said, well, what can it hurt? And within t- 10 days to two weeks, I noticed a significant uh, decrease in the amount of pain I felt to where I completely was able to stop taking the hydrocodone. I'm able to cut, practice soccer with my kids and I have young kids. So it's given me uh, a large part of my um, physical uh, life back. Join Stephen. Join the thousands of us who uh, take Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. You can see the details there for the three-week quick start pack or you can call them at 800 500 8384 It's relief factor. What the hell are you waiting for? Seriously. I know it's a little it's a little uh it's a little tough, right? I shouldn't be talking like that, should I? We'll see. I need you to do me a favor as well. 
while you're here, why, why don't you visit theblaze.com and you'll see the section that says channels. And in that section that says channels, you can, uh, you can subscribe and follow my channel. I'm trying to catch up to Doc Thompson. I'm trying to get ahead of Doc Thompson, actually, but right now he's got a lead on me. And we're almost to 27,000. I figure with a little push, we can get to, we can catch up to Doc. And maybe, maybe, just maybe get past him. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll absolutely see. Uh, now, there's, there are a couple of stories on The Blaze that I think uh, are worth checking out as well because every now and then you see something that uh, surprises you. For example, the story that's headlined, Whoopi Goldberg rips Black Lives Matter activists who claimed Planet of the Apes movie is racist. And now, I, I will tell you, in, in full disclosure... I happen to think it's okay for you to have people who are friends who are liberals. I think it's okay. I think it's, it's actually a good idea. I have many liberal friends. I don't disrespect them. I respect them. I don't like their, some of their stances on things. But this story is about the uh, Black Lives Matter activist DeRay McKesson. McKesson earlier this week went out on social media and accused the makers of the, the, the movie coming out. What is it next week or is it this Friday? The war for the planet of the apes is dehumanizing him by associating black people with apes. And Whoopi Goldberg on The View is joining the dog pile against, that is the dog pile, against McKesson. McKesson saw a poster for the movie. And it depicts one of the apes wearing a blue vest and the Black Lives Matter activists and some some other folks assume that the vest is a direct reference to him because he's he's been known to wear a blue vest on occasions. Talk about having an ego. He um, he he got frustrated by this and posted two different tweets disparaging Planet of the Apes. They've been deleted and he said it's uh, it's their lack of consciousness. Whoopi Goldberg went went to give uh, McKesson a history lesson, starting with "Get over yourself," and uh, go back and watch the original 1968 and check out what the apes were wearing. Uh, here's a little bit of a spoiler alert: they were wearing blue vests, and this has nothing to do with you. This is a movie about what happens when mankind doesn't pay attention to the environment, how, to how we treat animals and each other. That's what the movie's about. See, Whoopi Goldberg, someone I disagree with on many, many topics. She's a, she's a liberal, but she's also more of a, a libertarian than she lets on. She's a gun owner. And she's a person who's against high taxes for people that make a lot of money. And this is one of those things that I think we need to be aware of and always be looking for. Instead of looking for what divides us, let's look for what unites us. Now, Whoopi did go on to say to McKesson, you're doing great stuff. Don't screw it up by doing something dumb. So she will, she will side with him on, uh, on some of the Black Lives Matter stuff.
but you'll also call him out when, when he's wrong. And I think that's important. I think we all need to take that, that approach. Support the things we agree with and call out our friends and some of our liberal buddies on the things that we don't. That's called fairness and honesty. I'd like it in the president. I'd like it in my neighbors. I'd like it in everybody. We'll be right back with Billy Hallowell next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.